Today, learning and development is at the heart of a franchise system's need for company-wise standardization and growth. Providing a robust and immersive training program is not only essential to attract new franchisees and employees, but also ensure they stay within the business and perform at the highest possible level too. Thus, Franchise L&D will speak to the experts at the heart of this evolution. We'll look at how new initiatives and pioneering technology are changing the way we learn and why franchise systems are even more reliant on L&D professionals than ever before. So please grab a coffee, lean in and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Franchise L&D, the show where we learn about learning and meet the L&D professionals at the heart of the sector. And today we meet Sonny Ashman. Sonny is the VP of training for the QSR division at Fat Brand. Sonny, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Rob. I'm super excited to be here. It's really nice to, to, to see you. And to start with, um, always always makes sense to start at the beginning. So could you tell us a little bit about how you started in franchising and what inspired you to a career in learning and development? Be good to hear about that. Awesome. Well, uh, what inspired me to franchising? Honestly, this is not an industry that you really learn about in college. Um, and so I, all of my jobs have come from somebody saying, hey, I think you'd be really good at that. And uh, so I was actually selling advertising for five years. And someone who knows the advertising business said, hey, I think you'd be really good at selling franchises. And I was like, what is that? Uh, so I did a little bit of research and I was like, really? I can help people own their own business? That's awesome. And so I did. I got into the food business about, ooh, I'm not going to say how long ago, but a long time. And uh, I started selling franchises for a company called Great Wraps Grill. And uh, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And it was very exciting to see, you know, people be entrepreneurs and people who've always wanted to do it, but didn't want to do it by themselves. And so that's what really intrigued me to get into, into franchising. That's great. And how did you find, Sonny, the transition from advertising to franchising? Was it a steep learning curve or was it a natural, a natural fit and a, a more reliant on your, on your sales ability and that type of thing? Yeah, I think it's it was not a hard it was not a hard transition because in advertising it's very relational and in franchising it's very relational it's not transactional right and so it's we're having a relationship we're essentially getting married right for the term of the franchise agreement which is usually anywhere between twelve and twenty or ten and twenty years um, so it's very relational so for me the transition really wasn't that hard but I'm also a constant learner and I'm a big risk taker. So I enjoy that sort of challenge. Great. No, sounds, sounds good. So you started off in a, in a franchise sales role and have gradually moved into the learning and development. So, so how, how, how did that work out? So again, I am a risk taker. So I um, have had a non-traditional career path. Um, so I'm not like, oh, I've been in operations and transitioned into training for 20 years, right? I have sold franchises. I've worked in operations. I've worked in marketing and brand strategy and rebranding. Um, I've done sales. I've done HR. I've done project management. And so I've basically done everything but legal and finance, essentially. So needless to You've say- You've still got time. You've still got time, Sonny. They're there to come. <laughs> 
I think I could probably do the legal side. I'm not sure about the finance side. Like, okay, okay. The, the idea of looking at Excel spreadsheets all day just is not super attractive to me. But um, needless to say, I really like to be involved in everything. Um, I like to see how it works. And um, so my long-term goal is to become a CEO. So being involved in learning and training has really helped, I think, with that process. Because in training and learning and development, I get the opportunity to learn and also teach all aspects of the business, right? And I think that is what gets me so excited. I can do positional training. We can do facilitation. I can do training on IT and technology or marketing or operations or not so much finance and legal. You know, leadership development. And so that that is what gets me so excited about the training and learning and development function specifically. Yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, if you've been in those roles yourself, it can only help impact um, your ability to, to to train also. So that's um, that's a good bit of advice, really, maybe to to people looking to come into franchising, maybe to test themselves out across a number of roles and just get an idea about how the whole business works rather than a a part of that business. That's really interesting. So you're currently at uh, a business called Fat Brands, a parent, a parent franchise, franchisor. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, about about your role, the brands you work with, and and just to guide us through um, Fat Brands because um, they're on a quite aggressive acquisition trail, aren't they? So there's a lot going on. Yes, yes. So uh, Fat Brands is a parent company for about 14 brands. Um, I lead. So there's various divisions. So we have the fast casual division, which is like Johnny Rockets and Fat Burger. We have the casual division, which is um, Ponderosa Steakhouse and Buffalo's um, and then our Buffalo's Cafe. And then we have the QSR division. And that is the division that I am leading from a, a training perspective. And so the brands in my division are Great American Cookies, Marble Slab Creamery, Pretzel Maker, Hot dog on a stick and round table pizza. Gotcha. I, I love the sound of all of those. To be, to, to be honest, so how with regards to your L and D function, then do you treat those brands in isolation, or is there a more of a, a standardized approach to, to to how you train? So it's interesting. We are leading. So we kind of standardize by division, if that makes sense. Okay. So fast casual does things one way, casual does things one way, and then QSR does things uh, a little bit differently. Um, but we do that so that we're meeting the needs of our franchisees. But I will tell you that, and granted, this is all new for us. GFG, my brands just joined in July of last year. So we're, we're all still learning. Um, sure. But I, I collaborate on a weekly basis, if not more frequently, with the department heads, the training heads of all the other divisions. And so we're constantly sharing and ideas and thoughts. And, and we're actually really starting to work much more closely together. Um, but as far as like standardizing, we really do that within the divisions for the brands. Okay. So QSR would, okay. No, that makes sense. QSR will, will have a standard alongside, okay, alongside the other divisions. So to, to talk us through it, if, if you, um, it sounds like you probably will do, if you brought, if you brought another um, franchisor tomorrow, how would that kind of integration process, what would that look like? Yeah, so it would depend on the brand, obviously. Um, okay. So like last year, we also bought Twin Peaks and they're a large uh, franchisee or franchisor rather, and they have a lot of systems. So right now they're working quite independently, kind of like it's not broke, don't fix it sort of thing. 
Um, okay, makes sense. But if we bring in, so basically what they'll do is they'll say, okay, what division does this brand fit in most? And then that's where we'll, we'll figure out, okay, how are we going to standardize these processes from a training perspective? Um, like, do they have the same LMS or can we convert them to our LMS and, you know, different things like that. So it's really taken on a case by case basis, depending on what the needs uh, are uh, for the franchisees and team members of the brand we're purchasing. And has there been a brand where, where, where you've had a look at their learning development program and, program and you've you thought, wow, that, that, that's pretty good. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal that and uh, when I steal it, but um, but take it across the other brands as well. Um, is, is, has there been an example of that? We're going to borrow it. We don't steal things. <laughs> To the um, listeners, please don't steal. We don't advocate it. And <laughs> <laughs> <Advocate. laughs> So I would say fat brands, really hurricanes, um, has been using a learning management system. And when we came in, not all of our brands. So for QSR, we have our snack brands. And so there's not as much of a need for all of the bells and whistles as we do for say round table pizza, which is positional training. There's a lot more employees. We serve alcohol, there's customers, you know, it's just different. And so we actually are adopting their learning management system for round table pizza specifically, just to kind of see how that goes. And then if, you know, if things go well, then we'll consider rolling it out to the snack brands. Um, so that's probably the, I would say the biggest kind of conversion that we've done from a training perspective. To date, okay, no, so that that sounds good. And with regards to look, we we've heard a lot over the last year or so about the the Great Resignation uh, term, which is which is pretty much overused, isn't it? But are you feeling that? How is recruitment and retention across the the, the fat brands? And and maybe if you could share, you know, some examples of of what you're doing to to overcome it if it is an issue. Yeah, I think um, you know it's very interesting because. Recruitment or retention, it's its an insane environment right now. It's a its a crazy labor market. And, and it's funny because I you hear it and I always thought, oh, it's front. You know, they're talking about frontline workers, hourly workers. No, I'm hiring for a position, you know, at a manager level in a corporate. And it's 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 nuts. Um, you know, our franchisees really are having the toughest time finding people. Um, what I have noticed, though, is the franchisees that have in the past, it's not a new thing, but in the past and now continue to make their people their priority, right? So it's like that chain of influence, right? If I take care of my employees, they're going to take care of my guests and then my guests are going to come back more frequently, right? So the, so the, the franchisees that have that mentality, they're still dealing with it. Let's be real. I mean, this is the environment we're in, but they're, they're, of course. they're in my ascension, they're winning, Right. They're winning. They're not having as many difficulty staffing as maybe the other other organizations. Can you, because then, then Sonny, given the, uh, I suppose your role, can you teach that mindset? Can, can you, can, and is that part of the training to, to teach a, a franchisee um, that process? Because it's, it, you know, it sounds straightforward, but I imagine if it's not your skill set, um, then it could be tricky, uh, pretty tricky. Um, so yeah, is that something that, that, that you lay down as, as a training program? Yeah, so it's, a, it's actually very interesting that you asked me that because, um, hey, here we go. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really comes from the franchisor, right? And does the franchisor buy into it? You know, in franchising, we have joint employer rules, laws, 
right? And so there's only so much that we can do um, from kind of a, a training leadership and, and management training, if that makes sense. Now, I'm from a mindset of we can teach it. I don't have to require it. Right. And I right, think okay. that's where the, the gray line might be. Um, so for our snack brands, actually, actually all of the QSR brands, we are teaching culture. We are talking about people um, because it's essential. It's essential. People in our industry right now are leader, and especially at the manager level. We haven't gotten there. I'm focused on franchisees right now because it's going to come from the top. I can teach a manager all day long about culture, but if their franchisee doesn't buy in, it's a moot point. It is, of course. Yeah. I suppose it makes uh, the recruitment of franchisees even more important because it's, look, you're happy to work with them. You're happy to train them. You're happy that they're going to go through a learning and development process, of course, and that no one can, can know everything all of the time. Um, but the same at the same time, um, I suppose it'd be better if they have more of the skills that you need than, than they don't. Um, so that recruitment process becomes becomes key, particularly with regards to that, that culture piece as well. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how much the, this is relatively new for us. Again, Fat Brands only bought us in July of last year. So I'm not sure how much the recruitment has changed, but I have worked for brands in the past where culture was a huge piece of what we did and leadership development and servant leadership. And me do, doing franchise sales, we absolutely, we were like, we can teach you the other stuff. It's the culture part. Um, that if you, if you can buy into it and you're, you know, not just selling me on you, right. Cause people interview well, uh, you know, but really buy into it and there, and it's proof. I mean, there's so much data out there that says, if you follow this chain of influence and you, you pick who your customer is, and if your customer are your people as the leader, their businesses that do that are more profitable. And there's so much financial data out there. It's, it's crazy. Well, that's great. So, so Sonny, if you weren't talking to me now, and, and I'm glad you are, what would your day look like today? What, what's, what's the priorities on, on your desk right now? Um, what's your focus? Ooh, well, I do have a lot of meetings. So okay. uh, I do a lot of meetings because I do a lot of delegating. Um, and I do a lot of, I've tried really hard in the last year of being at my company to <clears throat> elevate training from a support function where it's just like, hey, I think I need training on X, Y, and Z to more of a strategic business partner because we are a shared service model. And so what okay. that looks like is really getting L&D involved earlier in the process so that we can say, hey guys, um, we're over here. And while I think you think you need job aids, you also need bum, 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 right? And so knowing that in advance, we can be prepared for when they have to launch something or whatever. We're like, hey, let's do this webinar. Let's do this and and help with the buy-in of launching things and kind of the change okay. management and how do we train people effectively versus, hey, we just worked on this project and now we need you know job aids or we need a video and it's launching in three weeks. Well, at that point, that's all I can deliver to you is a job aid and a video. But if we were involved more more closely at the front, then we can actually help change the process, right? No, that's that's really interesting. I like I like that a lot actually. Um, so with regards to just taking a change of gears, with regards to culture, um, and and also when we had a chat actually um, 
prior to this, I know you're a keen advocate for, for women in franchising um, and women in, in leadership roles, and, and rightly so. Um, so it'd be good to hear about what the challenges are currently or what you've, challenges you faced um, and what the inspiration has been as well. Yeah, there's a lot of women in franchising. There are a ton of women in franchising. What we don't see is a lot of women in the C-suite in franchising. So we really have an opportunity to grow there. And so my focus in franchising has all been on the restaurant side. So I'm going to specifically be talking about the restaurant in particular. Um, I think some of it is because our franchisees don't work for us, right? Like they don't, they don't work for us. So we don't look at them as an employee. And so in most, as most franchise franchisors, our customer is the employee, is the franchisee not necessarily the employee, right? And so I think some of it has to do with leaders maybe don't feel like women have the necessary skills that they need and maybe don't prioritize those skills to be learned, right? Um, And I also think in our industry, not a lot of companies are have kind of like working mom friendly policies, right? And I mean, I, you know, you have your short term disability and all that stuff, right? For, for babies, but I mean like long term. I mean, okay, I've had the baby, that was eight, you know, eight, 12 weeks, that's fine. But how do, you know, where do we go from there? Luckily, I think COVID and working from home has really helped with that substantially because we have women balance time like crazy, right? Like we are really good at it, but it's a lot easier now. Um, because of all the commitments. And I'm still working as hard as I did before, and I'm probably working more hours. I'm just not in an office, right? But I can stop and take my lunch break and go pick up my kids for, you know, for, from school. And I have the ability to do that. Do I have conference calls on the way? Yep. Right. So, you know, I think in our industry, we're always on in the restaurant industry in particular. And so sometimes women don't want to always be on. I think is a thing. Um, so I think there's a there's a lot to unpack with what you said. So I'm not going to dig all the way into it. No, no, no that's a good point. I, th- I think as well. If um, I suppose it's a, it's a matter of um, like going back to culture, isn't it? And as you say, COVID um, has been great because it's opened up. It's, it's opened up flexible working. It allows and has, has empowered people who who maybe couldn't couldn't work in a certain way to to, to now work. I suppose as you say. Perhaps it's it's up to the businesses as well to to provide um, that culture so uh, to enable women and 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 you know disabled people for example to um, to progress and um, within a business. I know for, for example you um, you worked for Popeyes and had a had a female CEO didn't you which which you found inspiring and it helped point you in um, more of a leadership direction. Yeah, Cheryl Batchelder was our CEO at Popeyes and she was amazing and hers was not so much elevating women, right? She said, you know, I think that there's a miss for leadership in general, men, women, everybody, right? And, and so she, her focus was servant leadership. And I had the ability to work at that organization for six years. So it is fully 100% ingrained in me. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with servant leadership by Robert Greenleaf, but it, you know, if you could talk me talk me through it, yeah, give me the headlines. That'd be great. Yeah, so it's all about kind of leading from a good place um, and leading alongside your team members, right? And making them, like I said earlier, making them more important 
Um, and it's not always about the business, but she would say, you know, we have to be good leaders so that we can um, do well in the business. One, her, her term that she used to say, and it's, it's in me forever, is we have to be well to serve well. Okay, I like that. And what does that mean? What, what does that mean if we, if we broke it down? So one of the things that she said, you know, because we always worked a lot. I mean, in this industry, you work a lot, but it's, it's a lot of it's because we're so passionate about what we do, right? Sure. And, you know, I think women in particular are notorious for putting our work and our families ahead of ourselves, right? And so when Cheryl said this comment to me, it really hit home for me because it's like she gave me permission to not solely focus on work. Like for the CEO to say, you know, I want you to take time for yourself because if you're not well mentally or physically, you're not going to perform well for my organization. And so just as much as the numbers are important to me, you are important to me and your mental health is important to me. And doing it in a way of like, hey, you know, my leader took off and they're not checking email when they're on vacation. So I feel like I'm okay not checking my email when I'm on vacation. You know, it's like things like that. So you say it, but then you actually act it. And so she did an amazing job instilling servant leadership amongst the entire organization, um, C-suite, VPs, male, women, like everybody. And so I would, I would tell you, if you talk to anybody that used to work at Popeye's under Cheryl, would probably say the same thing. Fantastic. And it's, it seems though it's, it's inspired you um, or, or partly to to become a, a part of the C-suite yourself. So how's, um, do you have, do you have a roadmap? Did you, have you, have you got a, a five-year, a 10-year plan towards, towards that goal or how's that? I have a personal development plan. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yes. I would have expected anything less. Really, <laughs> but <no. laughs> and is there anything um, that you, you'd say, um, and I totally get your point with regards to, there was a huge amount, I suppose, of, of women in franchising and stuff. But if, if they were kind of, you know, on the bench, as, as we say, um, to come into franchising or not, um, what would you say to, to kind of bring them, bring them into the sector? Yeah, I mean, I would say, come on, right? The more the merrier. We need good, good people. Um, and it's the restaurant business is difficult. Um, the restaurant business is difficult. I have talked to people who have worked outside the restaurant industry and they're like, you're so you are so glad that you started in restaurants and, and or retail because it's so much harder than a service model or, you know, something else. Um, I would say, I would say, come on, I would say get involved in organizations that kind of focus around franchising or the restaurant business. Um, so the women's okay. service forum for me was, I went to the, that conference one year, probably 10 years ago. And I was like, I'm never going to miss this conference. Now, of course, I have, but I've probably been five years out of the 10. Um, and it teaches so much in that, you know, you break out into tracks, you know, emerging leaders, emerging executives, CEO, all, you know, all of the things. It's fantastic. And then I would also look at um, the Gleam Network, which is a not-for-profit organization that focuses on mentorship. Okay. So if you are new, then you get kind of that one-on-one -on -one time with another leader and we've had, I, you know, I've been a volunteer with them, gosh, almost two years now. And, you know, we have CEOs of organizations, large organizations that volunteer their time to mentor um, men and women 
yeah, so so those are two two organizations that I would highly recommend getting in, involved in. But no, that's great. And just to, again, changing lanes a little bit. I know we talked um, we talked again about TikTok strategy, and as as a, as a man of a certain age, um, my my knowledge of, of of TikTok is is pretty limited, um, to be honest. Although I'll, I'll obviously I'll, I'll have a look more at it. But um, yeah, you're using some some more in, innovative ways of of of, of training, um, aren't you? And, and TikTok's one of those. So it'd be great to hear about that. Yeah, so so one of the things that I love about working at Fat Brands and working for my boss, Jen Johnson, in particular, is she pretty much says yes. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Try it. Yeah, that sounds great. Try it. You know, as long as it doesn't cost too much money. What a great attitude that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been fantastic. So um when I came in, gosh, 18 months ago into the organization, me and uh, my now training manager, Tiffany, um, were chit-chatting. And she's younger than me, and she actually didn't know TikTok, but she was like, "Okay, so it's not an age thing as such." Then it can be, uh, yeah, can be missed by all. Yeah, yeah. But we were like, "What's hot these days?" Like we have hourly workers, and they're young, and like, what's the thing? And we were like, "Obviously, TikTok. What else? Like, there is nothing else." And so, you know, she's made the comment, "We need to start utilizing TikTok." I'm like, "Great." I don't know anything about TikTok. Do you? And she goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> said, but I'll figure it out. And so what she did is she went out and she just went with our culinary team and she shot some videos using TikTok or using her iPhone. So like everybody sure. has an iPhone. Okay. Yeah. Right? She's using her iPhone, edited it through TikTok, and it was for a new product. It was for, I think the first one was a new um, ice cream that we were rolling out. And it was, it's a little complex. Um, And so she did a TikTok style video, edited it. It was, I don't know, 48 seconds, but it had the music and it had, you know, some of the tick, like apparently there's these trends in TikTok. And uh, so she used kind of one of the trends where it, you know, goes from one to four and comes in. I, I can't even begin to tell you how any of that works, but. Um, so we sent it out to the team and they were like, this is amazing. You know, we've never had anything like this before. And, um, so we said, well, are you guys, are, can we launch this to the system as like a very quick 45 second, you know, watch it. Now you know how to make the cake because once you know how to make the ice cream or once you know how to do the cookies, it's not, it's minimal. There's not a lot of change in those new products. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. We went out. So since then, of course, it was a big hit. And so she's done it for mainly our snack brands for most of the products that have been coming out. But I'll tell you, I've, I've been in the stores pretty frequently over the last maybe three months. Every time I'm in the field, every single time, either when they hear I'm in training, either the franchisee or a team member goes, I love those TikTok style videos. <laughs> they are so easy. I get what I need in 45 seconds. You know, the franchisees are like, I don't have to pay somebody to sit in the office for 10 to 15 minutes to do a course. Um, we love it. It's been fantastic. It's immersive. It's engaging. So, so previously, they would have sat in the office for 15 minutes going through a, a course on the desktop, would they? Which would have been obviously drier and take taking more time. Yeah. But, but I mean, some courses need, I mean, some things need that, some learning sure. topics. Oh, of, of course. That. 
but for scooping cookies or making ice cream, which they do on a daily basis, it's just, it's a little bit different or the toppings are a little bit different or the batter is a little bit different. Um, you know, it's, it's easy. We can do it. Um, I will tell you that our brand usage for our training videos grew 125% from 2020 to 2021. Was, was that, was that down to the TikToks? I mean, I, I, I would assume that TikTok has something to do with it because that's sure. what we started in 2021. Yeah. Um, and then our other brands had increased usage by somewhere between 70 and 90%. Okay. I suppose, I suppose again, you were speaking that we talked about age and, you know, age is relevant. I'm going to, I'm going to be getting into TikTok and making my own videos, but by, by the end of, by, by the end of this week, I'll, I'll share them. Um, but I suppose you, you, you're speaking to, as you say, if, if there's a, a younger demographic as you know, on, on your crew, um, as you, as your employees, then it, it talks to them, doesn't it? And it, um, and it makes it fun as well. I mean, it's fun to watch, um, a TikTok video, I imagine. Yeah, it's super fun. I, um, one of the other things that she did is we're, we're, we're rolling out round table pizza. And so we don't do a ton of TikTok style videos with round table right now, but we're rolling out a new course with them for uniforms. And we were like, how do you make a unicorn or a uniform course fun? Like, sure. is that possible? And she said, well, let's look at some trends, right? And so, you know, the trend of where somebody comes out and they're wearing like all sweats and they have like a boot or something and they throw the boot in the air and it comes down on their foot and then all of a and sudden. Changed. Yeah, no, I have seen those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she said, Tiffany said, let's try that. Okay. That sounds good. And so she got some friends together, her own friends, did it on her iPhone, and they're all wearing all the things you're not allowed to wear in a restaurant, right? Like you can't wear open-toed shoes, you don't wear ripped jeans, you don't have your shirt untucked, all those things, right? And then one of the one of the team members kind of came up with a hat and covered the screen. And then when they when it came off, they were all dressed in uniforms, but they were adding one little element. Right. So maybe one person was putting his hat on one person, name tag, one person, apron. And then once they get fully ready, then they, they walk off the screen. Right. It literally was 19 seconds, but it was a very good visual and entertaining. And somebody that remembers what were they wearing? What was that? And then so it's a, it's only a small part of the overall course. Sure. But then we go in to say, OK, if you're a dough roller, this is your uniform and this is what's different. Right. So it's only five minutes, probably total. But it's it. The point is, how do you make it memorable? And that is what we are doing with the TikTok style videos. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I, re- I really like that. I, I, is is there any other things outside of the TikTok which uh, which you're developing or, or which you're using um, to, to to push that engagement and that fun aspect? Yeah. So we are really the focus right now. When you ask me what is a typical day right now, my big to do is launching the new learning management system for Roundtable Pizza. And so we are trying to drive engagement on that. Um, I don't want to tell you my secret. Mm. (laughs) Do you know uh, the game Wordle? That's really hot right now. I don't. Can you you tell me about that as well? See, I'm I'm learning a lot of TikTok. Wordle, did you say? Is it called Wordle? Wordle, yep. So it's, um, I guess, a New York Times thing where it's got five, five boxes and you have to pick letters. And you pick a word, you type in a word, a five-letter word, anyone, sure. right? And once it flips over, it will have gray. The letter will be gray if the letter is not in the word that you're trying to solve for. Okay. 
and it'll be yellow if it is in the word but not in that place. Uh, so it's just in, it's in it's in it's in the word but on the yeah in the wrong order. Yeah, gotcha. And then gotcha. green if it's in the right it's in the word but in the right spot, right? And so you get five tries. It's five letter words, five. I tries. like where this is going. I, yeah, I like where your secret sauce is going here. Yeah. So we're trying with this launch to use Wordle in a way that will engage employees to learn more about the platform um, and kind of just try to make it fun and engaging. Uh, and so that's what we're working on. I haven't started that yet. I've only done it in communications where like you see the Wordle and it'll be like, you know, the, the launch is coming or something like that. Um, but yeah. So that's my secret. Okay, that's a that's a good secret. We won't share it at all. Um, this will go out to, to to thousands, but they'll never know. They'll never know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I know what I'm doing after this. So, so I I'm watching TikTok and uh, and checking out Wordle. I've been in a cave, I think, over the last um uh, over over the last couple of months, haven't I? But um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll sort. Don't work so hard. Yeah, no, that's um just to just to finish off. Then it'd be it'd be great just to hear about what you've learned about learning. And what's been your core takeaway um, during your career? That's a tough question. Okay, so like I said, my career has not been traditional. I've not always been in training. I've not always been in operations. Um, What I've learned about learning in particular is we have to meet the learner where they are. We can't just develop whatever we want to and assume that they're going to absorb it, right? That's a big thing. The other thing is, is communication. Communication and buy-in is so, so, so important. And so, and the reason why I coupled communication and buy-in is because I think in franchising in particular, they're so important. So what I mean by that is I can roll out an amazing LMS system that goes through the team member and it's fantastic and it's awesome. But those employees don't work for me. They don't work for my organization. They work for the franchisee. So if I have not convinced, done a good job convincing the franchisee that training is important and also developed training that they feel is good training that they want to encourage their team members to take, then we haven't done a good job. So in a training function, it's all about communication. It's all about meeting people where they are. And I think if we can do that, you'll be successful in learning and development, in franchising in particular. Fantastic. Great answer to to a tricky question at at the end there. But um, I really appreciate that. And and I'm sure some of our listeners would love to to get in touch with you uh, and talk about some of the matters we've discussed and uh, and raised today. Um, So, yeah, how how can people get in touch with you? Yes, I do post a lot on LinkedIn. Typically, it's inspirational. We talk about leadership development in particular. Um, I'm also a really good um, advocate for folks and job sharing. Uh, so if you, anybody wants to follow me, happy to do so or connect on LinkedIn. Uh, it is LinkedIn slash in slash Sunny Ashman, S-U-N-N-Y-A-S-H-M-A-N. Great stuff. And no doubt by the magic of technology, we'll have it rolling across the screen as well. But um, but but no, th- th- thank you for that. Sonny, it, it's been really insightful. I've learned some, uh, I've learned about learning, um, which is which is what this is all about. I've also learned about TikTok and, and Wordle and, and that type of thing. And, and the fact that you're pushing for a career in a C-suite. So uh, 
I'm sure we all wish you well there, Sonny. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, good luck with it, everything. And I uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It was awesome talking to you. And I look forward to a continued conversation. 